Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Hello, friend. Welcome back. I think I'm a week late with this podcast. I think I was supposed to post last week, but a little bit of life got into the way. My apologies. I got edits for my book project. You know, I'm a very vain writer, right? Like, I know I know how to write. I recognize that editors know how to edit. Being a former book editor myself, I trust in the process. My ego's a little damaged nonetheless. It took a little longer to write and to also do the edits than I expected. Writing usually comes very naturally to me. I had to exert a little more energy than I was prepared for. Threw my game off a little. Womp. In other news, remember last episode I told you about the waist beads and how my cousin met a gentleman and that we spoke on the phone, we connected, and he asked to come to L.A. to take me on a date? Well, he's in L.A. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I've been very open for the last maybe 12 years with my life. People I've dated, people I've been in relationships with, people I've married and divorced. I just, I don't know. I'm at a point where I just want to kind of keep my private life private. This one I just kind of want to keep to myself. So we had a good date. We had a good second date. I'll leave it at that. I have an exciting lineup for you this week. I've scrapped it several times because people keep doing and saying wild things. I had intended originally to talk about last week's episode of Power and how Keisha's tricking is just done all wrong. Now, I'm not the biggest advocate of tricking, but I know many people who do it and do it well to great effect, to great personal benefit. So I was going to talk about the levels to tricking and what you should be asking for if indeed you do decide that you would like to be tricked upon. And then I was going to talk about the Kimba Smith story. I posted it on my Instagram. There was a magazine called Emerge, and one of its biggest cover stories was this woman a college student named Kemba Smith, came from a great family, went away to school, started dating this drug dealer, got caught up in his drug dealing shenanigans, and eventually got sentenced to jail, I want to say for 20 years. And her participation in his drug trade was relatively minor, like barely, if at all, right? Just sort of the things that happen if you're a girlfriend sitting in the room or you're like, babe, could you run this? And you're like, ah, whatever. Okay, I'll do you a solid. But you know, it's drugs. So It's not like dropping off somebody's dry cleaning for them. She ended up getting pardoned by Bill Clinton. I think she served about six years. But I wanted to talk about that story because it had a very profound effect on me as a young woman going to college and the types of guys that I dated and the amount of foolishness that I allowed myself around. When I wrote about the story on Instagram, I was very, oh, Kemba changed my life and and I made better decisions because I, I read that story. And that's true for freshman, sophomore, and junior year. On a road trip to Atlanta, my senior year, it was our spring break. Series of bad decisions occurred, which involved a barrel of weed, a man with a tattoo of his grandmother's face with M-O-B above it, money over bitches, and a young man whose apartment we stayed at, he was the roommate of my friend's friend's boyfriend. It was the most beautiful duplex I've ever seen. I've been trying to find an apartment that looks like that my entire adult life. The short version, one of the drug dealers, he took us to dinner before we left, and fancy Italian dinner, if I recall correctly. He paid for everything, of course, but we decided for whatever reason to leave that night And it's by the grace of God, because the morning after we left, the house got raided by the ATF because that very nice man that lived upstairs, very clean cut, college degree, worked for a bank, was also a a major guns runner. I didn't know that. I did know that the guy's apartment that we went to, he was like, y'all want something to drink? And I was like, no, I'm good. And he was like, oh, you want something to smoke? I didn't smoke. But two of the other girls were like, sure, we'll smoke. And most people would have just got like a small baggie of weed and rolled it up. Sir opened literally a barrel filled to the brim with weed and then scooped out like a small section and was like, that's enough. Really nice guy, despite the money over bitches over his grandmother's picture, 
tattooed on his arm. I have a picture of the tattoo somewhere because I was like, no one's going to believe me. Even in my pre-Instagram days, I used to take a ton of pictures just for like picture's sake. I, I always like to capture images. So Kimba's story, I did not have that in mind during that moment. But luckily, God's grace was with me. God takes care of babies and fools. My senior year of college, I was 20 years old. I was both a baby and a fool. Thank you to God and my praying grandmother that I was not arrested by the ATF that lovely morning. What, March, April, in 2000. So instead of that, what we will be discussing this week is transgender issues. Actor and one of my friends, he's invited to my wedding, Malik Yoba, stepped up, not came out. He prefers the terminology stepped up in revealing that he is attracted to trans people. He talked about it on Instagram and he also went on The Breakfast Club and did a rather confusing interview about his interaction with the trans community and also some other trans issues. It was him, two trans women, and David Johns, very intelligent man who works on behalf of LGBTQIA+. I want to make sure everybody's included. If I miss something, charge it to my head and not my heart. I'm educating myself, but I am not fully educated, and I look forward to learning more. But they did um, an interview on The Breakfast Club. I wasn't confused by anyone else other than my friend. But we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I also want to talk about Coffee Date Girl. If you were following the shenanigans on any social media platform, a young woman was asked to go on a coffee date by an, an interested young man. And she told Sir that she would be happy to go on the date, but she would consider it a meeting of friends and not a romantic pursuit because she only goes on coffee dates for business and with her friends. Sir was not interested in friendship, and he responded with an offer to take her to dinner. She tweeted about this experience, which is how we all came to know about it, and the internet promptly exploded about whether or not women should accept coffee dates, whether coffee dates were a way of, which coffee date girl did say, were a way of lowballing women, whether a coffee date is acceptable, preferable, all of that. I wrote my thoughts on it on Instagram and coffee date girl reached out to me. I'd seen the tweet a million times. We always have these discussions about things that people tweet about. I really didn't pay attention to the young woman's name. Come to find out, <laughs> I met her in New Orleans when I was there for Essence Festival. There is a private women's club based here in LA called the Jane Club. And they did a Jane house for Essence Music Festival. They took over this mansion in the French Quarter. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Oh my God, it was so beautiful. I did the podcast there where I interviewed Estelle. I still need to post that. It was a really good interview. That's my bad. I need to put that up. But they just had like a bunch of phenomenal women. Mashanda curated this amazing art exhibition. It was so beautiful. And one of the young women that I met was Coffee Date Girl. And I was just enamored with her. She was there with one of her friends. They'd both gone to college together. Really sweet girls in their 20s. I ended up having this two-hour conversation with them in the hot New Orleans sun about life and love and perspectives and dating. And just, I just liked, I just wanted to hear, like, what are young women talking about? Is the next generation lost or are we going to be okay? And I decided after talking to the two young women that I think we're going to be all right. So Coffee Girl is one of my baby boos, and she reached out to me with some of her thoughts on people's tweets. And I asked her if she'd be willing to talk to me for Ratchet and Respectable. She just wanted to give some insight and some clarity and some backstory to her tweet that went viral that some people praised her for and some people attacked her for. But she was just like, I feel like some of it was taken out of context and she wanted to give clarity. So we'll have a chat. I wouldn't quite call it an interview with her later in the episode. And then also, I would like to discuss Fantasia's comments on submission. So Fantasia went on The Breakfast Club, who, by the way, has been killing it with the interviews lately. 
But Fantasia went on The Breakfast Club and they spoke about many things. But the clip that's been circulating is Fantasia speaking about submission. In her marriage, she does submit to her husband. She deems him the head of household. He is the leader of their house, which cool. Where Fanny went left, and just to be clear, I am a fan of Fanny. I root for Fanny. Where Fanny went left, for me, was saying that a husband should be head of household and that a husband should be the leader because that is the way it should be. Now, sis, I'm with you on however you would like to run your house. If you love it, I love it too. If it's working for you, let it keep working. The idea that all husbands are meant to be head of households or all men are meant to lead their house does not sit well with me. I feel like it places women into a second-class status. And I said that publicly. And a lot of people were like, yes, D, yes, speak that shit. And a lot of people were like, D, you've lost your goddamn mind. I mean, folks was hot like I spit on Mary and cursed Jesus. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But first, a convenient word from our sponsors at Ford. Introducing the all-new and totally reimagined 2020 Ford Explorer. It's built for modern exploration. Whether venturing across country or simply across town, over various terrains or through rough weather, it's all good. The Ford Explorer is specifically designed for comfort, confidence, and a whole lot of style. Ready to explore more? The 2020 Ford Explorer, the greatest exploration vehicle of all time. Built Ford Proud. So, Malik Yoba. Does he need an introduction? He doesn't need an introduction. He did New York Undercover, which that alone should be enough to keep him in the hearts and minds of black people forever, ever. But in addition, he's been in like a million shows and movies. The man stayed with a job. But nobody, absolutely nobody was asking about Malik Yoba's sexual preferences. But he got on Instagram one day and he decided to let it be known that he is attracted to, to trans women. It was a result of a young man who had killed himself. It was initially believed that he had been bullied for dating a trans woman, and he couldn't take the bullying. He committed suicide. His girlfriend later came out and said that his suicide wasn't because of bullying that he was abusive, that he had threatened to kill both of them, and that he died from an overdose. But Malik revealed to the world that he is attracted to trans women. His other motivation, which he would later say in an interview on The Breakfast Club, was to create awareness for for an upcoming transgender march. Malik makes this announcement and people promptly go apeshit. A lot of people ask me, like, why haven't you addressed Malik Yoba? his love for transgender people. Is he gay? Is he bisexual? My understanding is if you are a heterosexual man and you are attracted to women, then you are still heterosexual. I think the disconnect for people who think that Malik must be bisexual or gay is that they don't consider transgender women to be women. That is a belief that I had to be educated on. One of the reasons that I've been silent, intentionally so, on trans issues is because I was ignorant and wasn't informed. I follow a lot of activists in the trans community. I look at their their language. I look at their positioning. I didn't align with some of the core beliefs that trans activists say. But in fear of being labeled a bigot, or transphobic, or just flat out ignorant. I kept my opinions to myself until I could have a proper discussion and be educated and make a decision for myself with the information available about what it is I actually believed in. So one of the things that I had to be informed about was the idea that trans women are women. I've always thought of trans women as just that, trans women. I'm happy to use the pronouns that the trans woman prefers. Everyone doesn't prefer to be called she. Some people prefer they. 
I'm fine with that. It costs me nothing to use language that people feel is respectful. As a woman, I don't like being called a female. I'm very adamant about it. So I get it when people are like, don't call me she or don't call me they. Call me what I want to be called. I got you, sis. But the idea of trans woman as woman didn't sit with me. I really couldn't articulate why. The most I could give was you weren't born a woman by genitalia. Because when you talk to trans people, they say my inside didn't match my outside. And so I adjusted my outside to match my inside. It's not about whether I have breasts or whether I have a penis or whether I present to you as masculine or feminine. What I feel is that I am a woman and I want to be treated as a woman. I want to be seen as a woman. It costs me nothing to respect people and how they want to be seen. But something about a trans woman calling herself a woman just didn't sit with me. And even now, I can't particularly articulate why. And then I was thinking about what exactly is it that makes you, that makes a woman a woman? What is this defining characteristic that so many women can be like, we are women and these people are not women? It has to be more than just being born with a vagina. It has to be more than a period. It has to be more than being able to produce life. Women who aren't able to have children, we don't think of them as less than women. Women who have mastectomies, they don't have breasts anymore. We don't think of them as less than women. If a woman was unable to have a period, we'd call her lucky as fuck. We wouldn't say she's not a woman. So it's like, what is it that like, I'm, what is this defining version of woman that I'm holding on to so staunchly? Is it discrimination? Because dare I say trans women get it worse than cis women. I don't know. So because I couldn't answer that question, I was like, okay, I must be looking at this wrong. And then I had this discussion on Facebook. The actress Angelica Ross from Pose, which is the best show on television right now. I did a binge of Pose maybe about a month ago. And I was like, oh my God, this is phenomenal. And everybody was like, oh, it's really good. I thought you were watching it. Our bad. When there's a really good show on TV, can you just slide in my DMs and be like, hey, sis, you might want to check this out. I'm getting so off track here. So when Angelica Ross got upset about no trans women being included in Black Girls Rock, she tweeted about it and she was like, we've been left out. This isn't right. Trans women deserve representation. A lot of women went completely apeshit and was like, no, trans women don't have a place in Black Girls Rock. You don't need a special call out. Like this is a place for black cis women. And by the way, I don't want to be called no cis woman. And transgender women need to go get their own thing. So that's how the issue of our trans women considered women came to a head for me. So I, I made a private post on my Facebook page. And I was like, should trans women be included with celebrations for women? I'm not sure where I stand. Help me work this out. So we had a really vigorous, long discussion. There were some really informed people on my page who weighed in and gave me some great perspective. The bottom line was, even if you're not sure if trans women should be considered under the umbrella of women, it costs you nothing to hold the umbrella over them. It costs them great pain for you not to. You gain nothing, you lose nothing. They gain a lot. So why not do it? And I honestly didn't have an answer on why not. So I was like, all right, trans women are women. Boom, we're done. I had this belief, which I'm not even sure where exactly it came from. But when I sat down and analyzed it, I was like, this really doesn't hold up. So I need to change my beliefs. So I did. But back to Malik Yoba. Malik says that he's into trans women. A lot of people are like WTF. A lot of people were like, yeah, I'd heard that before. I didn't comment on it because I was like, I don't really care what consenting adults do in their bedrooms. This is not my concern. There was indeed a trans woman who did come forth and she said that she had sex with Malik when she was 13 and 16. He used to come cruise the piers in, in New York where people from the trans community are known to hang out. If you watch Pose, you'll see them refer to the piers or even film on the piers. Malik Yoba has denied that accusation. The woman did, I think, a Facebook post accusing him. He did a rap response Instagram video denying it. I, I don't know who to believe. If he's having consensual adult sex with transgender women 
anyone adult and consenting, I do not care. Children, 13, 16 is a kid to me. Absolutely not. Unacceptable. He should be held accountable. After he makes the announcement, Malik Yoba goes on The Breakfast Club with two trans women and David Johns, who I mentioned earlier, who's an activist for the LGBTQIA plus community. I made it through 30 minutes of what I think was an hour-long interview, and I just had to stop. It was very informative, the part that I listened to, but it was just confusing to me why Malik Yoba was talking about the trans community in depth when there were two trans women, both activists as well, who were sitting next to him. But he was doing all of the talking about like, well, this happens in trans community and this happens in trans community and what the trans community needs is. And I was like, can you just let the trans activists speak? I'm really interested in Malik Yoba speaking out about being a heterosexual man who is attracted to trans women. And I think that's an experience that he should speak on. He is not the only celebrity, entertainer, famous person, man in general. There have been several celebrity men who have been, I don't say outed really, as loving members of the trans community. Various people have been caught. Teddy Pendergrass, Eddie Murphy, Mr. C, just off the top of my head. And people name dropped by Malik Yoba during his interview. People are upset about that too. I think it's important that Malik Yoba speak his truth. But there are trans activists who are far more eloquent speaking about trans issues than I found him to be. All of the activists were pretty silent as he dominated the conversation. But I just couldn't make it through the whole interview. Like, it was just weird. I did find it informative when the activists were able to get a word in. Also, if you are a person who is educated and you are informed, you consider yourself a trans activist or a trans ally, as someone who needs education, as someone who is grateful to be educated, as hard as it is, and I think about this in in the way that when white people say ignorant shit and black people get so frustrated because you're like, really, you're still on this? Like, why don't you get it? I have a slightly more empathy in, for white folks in that situation now because I'm in a territory where I want to be an ally. I want to say the right thing. I want to be supportive. But until recently, I hadn't been educated on the proper language on how to do that. Some things that I thought were the right thing to say, like transgender women are transgender women and they should be respected as transgender women or everyone deserves humanity and everyone deserves respect. People pointed out to me, you're almost like all lives mattering a transgender issue. You can specifically say, I care about transgender issues. I support transgender people. It doesn't mean you don't support other people, but to speak out and actually say, I support transgender people matters more than saying, I love everyone. Got it. I didn't know. I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I just wasn't informed. So if you are informed, you are educated, you are an activist, you are an ally. If I can ask you to just take it easy with some folks, because some people are just blatantly ignorant and rude and they just can't be saved. A lot of people just don't know. For most of us, transgender issues and discussing them are a new issue. We don't know the right terminology. We don't want to be bigoted. We don't want to be assholes. We don't want to be phobic. So if you see someone Try to correct them before you just jump out and be like, you're a bigot and you're ignorant. If you try to inform them and they still insist on being assholes, well then have at it. Can we go back to Angelica Ross and Black Girls Rock for a moment? Angelica Ross tweets that Black Girls Rock didn't include transgender women. If you are of the opinion that transgender women are also women, then transgender women should have been included. Any other time there is a hit show featuring Black women, Black women from that show are in some way featured at Black Girls Rock. I said this prior, Pose is the best show on TV right now. Either Janet Mock, who is a creator, director, writer for Pose, should have been highlighted, or one or some of the cast members from Pose should have been included. If if you don't believe transgender women are women, then you probably don't think they should have been there, and that may explain why they were not included. That's not my point. My point is, Angelica Ross was upset and she made this tweet. Even folks who I would say consider themselves supportive of the transgender community, I wouldn't necessarily say allies, 
but they're not like bigots or racist. They think everyone should be treated with respect. Those types, right? Not fully allies, but definitely not people who say ignorant things intentionally. Their response to Angelica Ross's tweet was, well, that's not the way to go about it. She should have been more ladylike. She should have reached out to Beverly Bond privately. She should have asked and not demanded. She should have done something else in order to express herself. It was essentially tone policing. I had to point out to several people that the way that you get shit done, the way that you get acknowledged, the way that you get what you want is not begging people to give it to you. It's demanding it and getting in their face and forcing them to acknowledge you. If you think of the civil rights movement, and I'm not comparing, and I'm not comparing racism to trans issues, although there are some overlaps in the bigotry and beliefs that people use to keep transgender people othered. But if you think about the civil rights movement, folks weren't asking for their rights. Folks were demanding them. The marching was demanding. The sitting at the counters was demanding. The bus rides were demanding. All the protesting was making declarations and demands. The idea that transgender people should ask nicely for cisgender people to acknowledge them, why would they do that? Nobody else has been asked to do that. Except black people when they wanted shit from white people. If you've ever read Martin Luther King's letter from a Birmingham jail, the point of the whole letter is why we can't wait. It's Martin Luther King ticked off at white people who are, who are like, well, stop the marching and stop making all this ruckus. And if you're just patient and you let people, you know, figure things out in their own time, we'll get around to helping you. But pushing and prodding and making a fuss is really just turning people off. And if you want us to listen to you, then you need to stop making such a fuss. And Martin Luther King's letter was like, let me explain to you why we can't wait for y'all to get it together and why we need our rights now. I'm not saying Candy's tweet was a letter from a Birmingham jail. What I'm saying is tone policing her and other transgender women and telling them to pipe down and we'll get around to it and people need to adjust and blah, 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 blah. People do need to adjust. I am one of the people that needs further adjustment. I am learning. I am educating myself, but I am not fully there yet. But she feels she deserves the space. She should demand it. She should. I'm glad she did, because if she'd been like all nice, like we wouldn't be having this conversation, even if she doesn't get what she wanted, which is to be included. That tweet has forwarded the conversation and made people think and have conversations about the trans community and inclusion. You got to start somewhere. She started. Good for her. Now, a kind word from our sponsors. We've got a new sponsor this week, y'all. It's from our good friends. At Roman Swipes. Most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but saying the Pledge of Allegiance in your head or counting backwards from 10 doesn't always work. Pause. I'm reading the copy that they sent over, right? Is this what men are doing to like last longer? The Pledge of Allegiance? Counting backwards? I mean, I'm all for whatever works, but is this what works? Fellas, I know y'all listen because y'all come in my DMs and want to have long conversations about it. L- let me know what y'all are doing to last longer. And don't act like everybody can just go and go and go. Some of y'all the Energizer Bunny. Some of y'all ain't lasting that long. For those who are not, Roman Swipes are the secret to longer lasting sex. Roman Swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast acting, but don't require a prescription. Hmm. Roman can ship swipes to you in a discreet, unmarked package, and each swipe packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. The swipes are super easy to use. You just take a swipe out the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you are good to go. That's it. If you or your man need a little help lasting longer in the bedroom, you can get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash Ratchet. That's GetRoman.com slash Ratchet for $10 off and free two-day shipping. GetRoman.com slash Ratchet. I love my job. What's up next? Oh, our friend Coffee Girl is up next. So I gave you the backstory to the Coffee Girl shenanigans. 
Coffee Girl's actual name is Yulitsa. She's one of my favorite people on the planet. I just met her and instantly was like, aww. I have many thoughts on coffee dates and with no prompting whatsoever, Yulitsa conveyed most of them. And I said that to her in the interview. It's like, I don't even need to talk. You just say exactly what I think. So with no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I introduce you to Yulitsa. Hi. Hi. Long time no chat. <laughs> Long time no chat. How are you, my love? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's so loaded. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just been interesting. When you reached out to me was the first time I realized that this whole internet kerfluffle was about you. You reached out and you were like, I wish I'd never done this. And I was like, oh, shit. That's like <laughs> Little Bay from New Orleans. It's been really weird watching the conversation be like directed directly towards me and then just turning to that, that coffee lady and then like that bougie bitch. I'm like, okay, this is better. The whole internet is seeming to be talking about you and this coffee date. Well, it's funny because I'm not even the first coffee girl. There's been so many people who have had this conversation and I don't know why this particular one picked up. One of the reasons that I really wanted to have this conversation, but some mm-hmm. version of this happens like every three months or so. Like it's who gets served the plate first? Is it the man or the child? Or can you serve him on a square plate? If there the was a fire, cheese? would you save your husband or your children? All that, like these these varying conversations. And I'm just like, is it is it that serious? I just, I don't, I don't get it. I just use my social, my Twitter in particular has transitioned for me to a platform where I talk about my work. And I talk about my direct experiences with sexism or, you know, combating any type of oppression that I see in my everyday life. And so I talk about, you know, weird dates or weird interactions with men as well. And I share them because I often have peers who are like, I don't like when this happens. I'm like, well, well, you don't have to deal with that. And so I want to show people that they can control some aspects of their life to a degree. I love that. I mean, you know, like my mission statement in life is don't waste your pretty, which is essentially a shorthand for saying know your worth it's Mm. not just about your looks but to know know what you bring to the table and respect people to respect it it took me a long time like I'm I'm very young but I wish that I had navigated life like this sooner it picked up for me around 2017 and then in 2018 um, when my company started growing as well I realized that the most valuable thing I have is time and I to me the only purpose in life is to enjoy it and so I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do I love that For the people who don't know who you are and what you do, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Yulitsa, the coffee date girl. I'm the founder of Healthy Root Stalls, a toy company that creates products that empowers young girls through hair play. So the first natural hair doll with hair you can style. Um, I'm a Haitian-American girl just, you know, knowing her worth and navigating this world. And how old are you for people who want to know? I'm in my early 20s. That's important that you're in your early 20s because when you say, I wish I had like known my worth so much sooner... When I met you and and your friend, um, I was like, I love them so much. And I wish I was them in my early 20s. So you thinking (laughs) like, oh, I'm to this party very late. I'm like, where you are, I didn't get to. And so maybe I was 30 something. So you're way ahead of the curve, just FYI, in terms of knowing yourself and your wants and your your sense of self-worth. For me, I, when I say that, that I wish I ha- it had happened earlier, it's, be- it's just because I had specific instances where when I look back at, I'm like, if I was the Yulitsa that I am now, then that would have never went down like that at I, all. I think the same thing about so many things. So give me the backstory on, on, co- on Coffee Date Guy. How did this whole thing come to fruition? I guess I'm dating, but I'm not like, I'm not searching for the one. If I happen to meet somebody of quality that I actually genuinely believe could build a real relationship with a partnership long term, I will pursue that. But until then, I'm not I'm not out here, you know, chasing down dates. So I had recently deleted a ton of apps and just recently just put a couple back on. And if someone reaches out to me and expresses direct interest, I will, you know, engage with them and see what they what what kind of conversation they want to have. Do they want to go out? If, it, if we connect, we connect. And if we don't, we don't. And this guy, I, I pay attention to people's profiles. I feel like a lot of the online dating experience when it comes to apps, it comes down to being really good at being perceptive. You can tell a lot about people through their photos. They chose these pictures 
whether they realize it or not, to say something. I know what I'm looking for when it comes to, you know, reviewing people's profiles, politically, their interests, looking for, you know, a certain type of intelligence, um, people who are very passionate about their careers. And so, like, I can see that in their profile. I can see what books they've read. I can see what activities they like to do. And then they message you. And this guy reached out. I should probably pull it up and just go through the whole back and forth. He said... He was trying to talk to me more about my work in like great detail, and I don't like doing that over long text messages. And so I said, oh, you know, I prefer, you know, talk about those things in person. And he said, what's one of your passions? And I said, I'm fiercely passionate about not answering long questions via text instead of in person. <laughs> <laughs> then he said, would you like to go get some coffee then? And then I said, I get coffee with folks for business meetings or with friends. More than happy to get coffee as friends if you'd like. I find coffee to be incredibly casual. If you want to get coffee, we can do that. But I want you to know that I will not see it as you pursuing me as a romantic interest. I would prefer that you pitch something else, an, an activity that shows your personality, an event that you want to go to. It doesn't have to be dinner. I never asked for a dinner. <laughs> That's true. Because he turned around and offered dinner after you said, I would like coffee with, it's for friends and business. And then he said, would you like to go to dinner? What he said was, so maybe dinner then to make it a proper date. And I thought, I was like, yes, you and me are now on the same page. And then he offered a really nice restaurant in our city. I think it's important to note, because I've been following these conversations, many people just automatically assume that what you're saying is he's not spending enough money on you, so you're not going out with him. And that's not the case, is it? No. And I think that comes from the use of the word, like the term I use, lowball, and for me, lowball is not equated to financial means. It's equated to level of interest. A lot of men offer coffee dates because it's low risk, it's low cost, it's low effort. To them, they just have to show up to coffee. And they can do that with lots of people, like throughout the week. And so if you're pitching me for coffee, that means that I'm just one in a rotation, which is fine. But I'm going to let you know, as long as I'm in that rotation, we're going to be friends. I genuinely believe that when men are interested in you, and this is not, not even just men, like in life, people do what they want to do. People, you know, make efforts for what they want to make effort for. People spend money on what they want to spend money on. So if you don't want to take me to dinner because I'm not worth it to you in your head because you're equating it to money, you're not interested in me. I've been saying interested men act interested for years. Do you write about this kind of stuff all the time? Why do you think this has taken off and gone viral? I think it went viral because rather than reading it as what it was, people see it as an opportunity to state their own experience out of context. People talking about, oh, well, I'm, I have anxiety, so coffee dates are perfect for me because it's low risk and I can leave. I don't need a coffee date for me to leave a date that I don't want to be on. But that's just me. I mean, dating is just fraught with issues right now. <laughs> Everyone has an opinion. It's very traumatic for a lot of people. Reflecting on it, I'm like, oh, I can see why this went viral. I just don't understand why it was me. I've been following this conversation pretty intensely for the last couple of days. People are just projecting so much. I'm like, you never told other women that they shouldn't accept coffee dates. You literally said, like, I don't do coffee dates and here's why I don't do it. Anybody can go on a coffee date if they want to go on a coffee date. But if you share a similar mindset as me and you perceive people's actions the way I do, I, you would probably agree with my, my, the way that I approached it. I don't want people to think that there's anything wrong with coffee dates, but I do want people to be mindful of the fact that so many men stepped forward and said that it is low effort because they, they can walk out on it, or if they don't like a girl, they only spent $5. And then one man also said that he would have split the coffee anyways. Wow. <laughs> I think one of the things that I found humorous in the conversation where there were a lot of people who were like, well, then if you want to do low effort coffee day, I'm going to show up with my laptop in my sweatpants and we can talk over this coffee while I do my work. And I was like, that's an option, too. We should do that. If I was to go on a coffee date, I would show up in my gym clothes. I won't come straight from the gym, but I'd show up in like my morning workout clothes, which I'm actually going to work out in as opposed to my cute workout clothes, which I actually walk around the city in. But I'm not making the any effort for you. The only thing that I feel like people should have walked away from this conversation is date the people that want the things that you want. And you don't have to demean people or say that they are less than because they accept coffee dates or that they're a bougie bitch because they won't do coffee dates. Actually, my takeaway, in which I wrote on Instagram, was that you set your standard and then it was met. 
that that's was- the part that bothered me too is like people were like wow i said we could be friends and go get coffee he decided he wanted to pursue me as more than a friend so he changed it to dinner do we not see how this works? You were like, this is how I will perceive this. And he's like, clearly, this is not the perception that I want to give. So let me try something else so that she now perceives me in the way that I want her to see me. And it worked. He could have walked away. I could have walked away. And he decided not to walk away, but instead to up his offer. I don't know where that was lost. Did you ever go to dinner with him? I actually haven't. I don't have to go on every date that's offered. You don't. I just, I thought that was like a question people would want to know. But like, okay, well, he did offer dinner. So did like, did you go? That's fair. No. My schedule is busy. And the other thing for me, I, I generally have a rule that I don't, I'm not going to rearrange my schedule for, for people that I don't necessarily know well, or just because someone asked me on a date. Fair. Are you still in contact with him? He, he can message me whenever he feels like it. <laughs> Are you interested in this man at all? I don't know him. I mean, he seems like a very nice person. He seems like Someone I would get along with. I also think the other problem is like, I saw conversations on Twitter where people were like, he could have been the one. Women need to stop believing that every man is the one. This is just some man that you could potentially know and that you may or may not like. Oh, I love you. Let me count the ways. It's like, I don't even need to speak right now. Like you say everything that I would say. It's not that I'm not interested in him. Like he seems really cool. I would be happy to meet him. And if that happens, it happens. But I'm not going to sit here and, you know, twiddle my thumbs and be like, oh, my God, I hope he he follows up or our schedules a lot. No, that, that's so unnecessary. People who want to meet will meet. And if you guys click, you click. I think people really have issues fathoming the idea of a woman not sitting around pining to be coupled or to be married. They just don't quite get why a woman's not jumping at an opportunity I do think we have romanticized relationships to such a degree that it's a forced expectation that is not necessarily required. I'm content with being by myself because I'd rather be in my own company than in the company of somebody who's going to make me miserable for the rest of my life. I, I want more women, more people, but especially women because there's so much pressure on women to couple up with men, to not subject yourself to being in a relationship for the sake of being, for not being alone and being with someone who doesn't treat you the way that you want to be treated with respect, with love, with kindness, because you needed to be in a relationship. You needed to have kids. You No, you just need to take care of you and be happy. If you don't meet someone who meets all your expectations, that's fine. I agree with you. This is why we ended up sitting out in the sun in New Orleans in the middle of July, like having this conversation (laughs) for two hours. And I was like, the future's going to be okay. I'm a little concerned for the future because it's unsettling seeing, you know, hateful comments towards a complete stranger who hasn't done anything to you. You gotta let that hurt go. Find something else to do with your time and just do you. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Is there anything else that you want people to know about you or about this situation because wild speculation. I mean, I can't go through all the crazy things people have said, but is there anything particular that you've seen that you're just like? I mean, I muted the thread, so I don't necessarily, I don't really know what people have said. I'm young. I'm still learning. Perspectives always change, but I will always value myself first. Thank you for coming on to speak with me. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And next time I'm in your city, we have to like hang out and get drinks or coffee because we're friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. I'd love that. All right, babes. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye. I told you there was hope for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not mad at a coffee date. If you want to go on a coffee date, go on a coffee date. But if what you want is something more, don't ever consider his finances as it pertains to how he will afford his other dates with other women as a reason you won't suggest what you really want. So my thoughts on Fantasia are coming up next. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Lola. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard of Lola before. Lola is a female founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads and liners. They now offer sex products, too. Lola products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about. No BS, mystery fibers, or doubts about what's going into your body. And they make your month just a little bit easier with a great subscription service that is fully customizable where you can choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. 
In addition to products that aid with your monthly cycle, Lola now offers cleansing wipes, perfect for a midday refresh or a post-sex cleanup. Lola also happens to be a real do-good purchase. For every purchase, the company donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. I tried Lola once before. I love how they deliver right to my door in well-designed, discreet packaging. And I love that their tampon applicators are BPA-free. That leaves me worry-free about what I'm putting in my body. If you're interested in giving Lola products a try, and I hope that you are, you can get 40% off, 4-0, your first month subscription by visiting mylola.com and entering RESPECTABLE when you subscribe. So that's mylola.com and enter the code RESPECTABLE when you subscribe. Thanks, Lola. So, your girl Fantasia, and I'll call her my girl. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Fantasia. I remember once she performed at Black Girls Rock. I think she's saying, Mary, don't you weep. And I was having back spasms. But Fanny came out, even with my back spasms, even with all the pain I was in, I was like, oh, Lord, I got to get up for Fanny. I got up for Fanny that day, and I got up for Michelle Obama. That should give you some indication of how I feel about Fantasia. The girl can sing her ass off. She puts on a hell of a show. She got a new album coming out, which led to her appearance on The Breakfast Club. So there is a clip that's been widely circulated where Fanny is talking about how her marriage works. She says that her husband is the head of the household, that he is a leader. She doesn't mention the word submission, not in the clip that's circulating. She heavily implies that she is a submissive wife. All of this I have no problem with. However, Fantasia decides to run her house or allows her husband to run her house. That's between Fantasia and her husband. I don't really have an opinion on how two married people decide to conduct their affairs. Where my issue comes up is at the point in the interview where Fantasia talks about a man being a leader and a man being head of household are the way things are supposed to be. I think she specifically said, quote, and the way things are supposed to be. Is it the way things are supposed to be? I totally get that her overall principles about male leadership and head of household are largely based on biblical principles. I get that. I don't get why she would impose that on other women. I consider myself a Christian woman. I was raised in the church. My grandfather was a pastor. I love God fiercely. And I only say that because whenever I disagree with any part of biblical teachings, the first thing people do is come for me and say, you're not a Christian. You don't know the Bible, which I think is a horribly unchristian thing to say. Like, how dare you determine what someone else's faith is for them and what exactly they should believe about that faith? It's a very personal thing. But I say I'm a Christian, but I also say that there are significant parts of biblical teachings that I do not, cannot, will not agree with or subscribe to. One of them that comes up quite frequently due to my profession and the nature of topics that I choose to speak about publicly is submission. Fantasia is not the first or last person to publicly speak about submission. And this is not the first time that I've addressed submission. There's an entire chapter in my first book, A Bell in Brooklyn, that talks about submission and breaks down Ephesians and talks about the way in which in our in culture, we often talk about women being submissive, but we miss the part that the Bible actually talks about wives submitting to husbands. There's no girlfriend submitting. There's no baby mama submitting. There's no living, cohabitating woman submitting, just wives. And wives are to submit only to husbands who also submit to Christ. So if you are not a husband or if you are a husband who has not attended church in a month of Sundays, then you, by biblical teaching, are not worthy of submission. If you want to go by biblical teachings, I take no issue with that. Your life, your choice. Again, where I take issue is when people impose submission onto other women, whether they be Christian or not. I've had a very difficult time reconciling submission Because as a Christian, I very much believe in God and I want to follow biblical teachings to be 
aligned with God, but I cannot reconcile following a doctrine that places me as a woman in a second tier position by virtue of being a woman, because that's what submission is. People can clean it up however they want, but it doesn't change what submission is. When you're placing someone above you, you're second to them. And there's no real reason for a woman being submissive to a man other than she's just a woman. He's just a man. He gets bestowed with his head of household or leadership or or person being willing to submit to just by virtue of having a penis. And I don't get how that makes sense to anyone. Are there good male leaders? Absolutely. Are there good woman leaders? Absolutely. Are there men who are absolutely completely unfit to lead? Yes. One of the points people keep making in response to some of the posts that I've made recently about submission, they say, well, if you had a man worthy to be submitted to, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And I challenge you to say that, yeah, we probably would. Because fundamentally, I don't believe any man is worthy of being submitted to. Not because he's not a good leader, not because he's not trustworthy, not because he doesn't know what he's doing, but because as a whole adult human, there's just no reason for me to submit to anyone else. You would never tell a man to go submit to anyone else but God. And for all the women on my Facebook page talking about like, I submit, I submit, I submit, I submit. When do you ever see men doing that? You never see a bunch of men talking about, I submit to my wife. Here's the other weird thing about submission, or at least the way that we speak about it culturally. I ask people, what does submission look like in your house? What does your man leading, your man being head of household look like in your home? 90% of the responses described a partnership and they insisted boldly on calling it submission. 90% of the responses were He has his strengths. I have my strengths. We play to our strengths. When both of us are not well-versed and informed on an issue that has come up, we negotiate, we compromise, we communicate, and we figure out something that works for us. I love that. I completely agree with that. It's a partnership. I don't understand why people insist on calling it submission. The only thing that I can gather is that You're saying it to stroke his ego. If that's like a marriage pro tip where you just say whatever you need to say to stroke a man's ego so you can just go on and lead and do whatever you need to do anyway because you are the one running the show, fine. Just say that or just call it a partnership. I don't understand why so many people are so unwilling to call the relationship they have with their spouse a partnership. There was also a bunch of people who were like, I'm not equal and I don't want to lead. The idea that you could be married to someone who you don't think you're equal to is absolutely baffling to me. I, I, I just, I fundamentally just do not understand it. Make it make sense. If you don't want to lead, I get it. It's a lot of responsibility. But I'd also challenge people to think like, what if there was no leader? I don't understand why you feel like in a relationship, one person needs to lead. Why can't you be partners who figure things out? Round tables exist. Why can't you sit at one with your partner? There doesn't have to be a head of the table. There doesn't have to be a head of the household. There doesn't have to be a hierarchy. Somebody asked me, they were like, well, if there's no head of the household, then who has the final say? Why would you or your spouse have a final say over each other? Y'all two grown people. We pulling rank on our spouses now? And if you are one of those people who says, I'm not equal, I'm not equal to my spouse, you don't fundamentally feel like you're equal to a man that you can meet a man on his level, then I guess that works for you. But if you're one of the women talking about like you're equal, how are you getting rank pulled on you? If you are submitting to someone by the very definition as cited in Webster's, that person is superior to you. And then the people who come to me and are just like, well, you're citing Webster's and one thing is from the Bible and Webster's is a different, it's all the English language. If you don't like the definition of submission, which I'll read it for you as it comes in Webster's, the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. If you don't like the definition of submission, then stop using the word submission. You can twist it around to make it sound pretty. Fantasia got a lot of backlash over her interview on The Breakfast Club. 
Fantasia and her husband did a video together. He did most of the talking, I guess because he's the head of household. And he was explaining his philosophy on what it means to be a leader, what it means to be a head of household. And he talked about the gift of submission. Submission is a gift that a woman gives to a man who knows what he's doing. He made it sound real beautiful. The man got a good grasp on the English language. He has the gift of gab. I'll give him that. But what he was describing with his relationship with Fantasia, again, essentially was a partnership. I do this, I do that. I bring my best self. Hopefully that will be an influence upon my family. She brings her best self. We're two hustlers. He described a partnership and then called it submission. What is this obsession with having women be slightly lesser than? Because that's what it is. And I keep asking the question, but really the answer I know, it's because of patriarchy. And I hate to be one of those feminists that uses like the feminist buzzwords like patriarchy and sexism, but that's exactly what it is. And he made submission sound real cute. Like, oh, it's a gift that you give to your husband. It sounds cute. It also sounds like sexism. Benevolent sexism or benevolent patriarchy is what people call it. But it doesn't change the bottom line of what it is. Despite the number of married women who completely agreed with my viewpoint and was like, I've been married for 40 years. We're partners. We do not submit. People keep taking jabs at single women who don't believe in submission. And they say, that's why you're single. Do you know how many pick me's there are in this world that still don't have no husband and ain't never going to get one? Submission is not the deciding factor on whether you get a husband or not. Another woman asked me, she was like, Demetria, you know, you don't believe in submission. Do you think your marriage material, which I probably need to do a whole podcast on, but it actually would be really short. Because one, the submission is not what holds a relationship together. If you choose to do it, I mean, so be it. That's your choice. But the idea that like, that's how you get a man or that's how you keep a man Fun fact, you can't keep nobody. They got to want to be there or not. If they don't want to be there, eventually they will leave. It's not comfortable to say, but it's true. I'd also suggest to people that there is no such thing as marriage material. We've got this weird thing, like culturally, where we put wives up on pedestals. Like, as soon as I got engaged, I could feel the shift in how people responded to me. And it shifted again when I got married. It's bizarre and creepy, to be quite honest with you. There is no such thing as marriage material. There are people who got married and people who didn't. That's it. You don't need some special list of traits or qualities to be a wife. You just need somebody who really wants to marry you, ask you, and actually shows up at the church or the courthouse and signs the marriage license. A couple witnesses, but that's really all you need to get married. Like the idea that you've got to turn into some sort of like Stepford wife or you've got to be a certain size or you've got to be a certain age or a certain disposition. We, don't, we all know people who have horribly sour dispositions who have amazing husbands, but you're like, how did y'all end up together? But he be happy or happy enough. Can I tell you what else is not a determination of marriage? Coffee dates. The last week, the big talk on the internet of why women were single was because they didn't accept coffee dates. This week, it's because they're not submitting. What is it going to be next week? We keep coming up with all these arbitrary excuses. You know what we don't talk about? There was this article that's been circulating for the last two weeks about how marriage rates are declining, and it's because men are broke. They use some euphemism like men are economically unattractive. They broke. Nobody wants to talk about the socioeconomic factors of why women don't marry or why women are single. Nobody wants to talk about why men don't marry either, even though Unmarried men die earlier and are more prone to disease. That's the real concern. Unmarried women just keep on living and and all the studies say they're happy as shit. But we don't want to talk about that. We just want to talk about why women don't marry and we want to blame it on stupid shit like submission and coffee dates and whatever it's going to be next week and the week after and the week after. Don't let nobody force you into thinking, oh, if I don't submit to a man, I'm never going to have one. If you want a husband, you can get a husband without having to submit and without agreeing to a coffee date. All you got to do is find somebody who's into you like you are into them. Go find the lid for your pot and you'll be just fine. And go find somebody who like does it for you. 
Don't marry nobody who don't really like do it for you on some visceral level. Do not settle. Absolutely not. In the meantime, thank you for listening. If during the week you would like some respectable or some ratchet in your life, feel free to follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Demetria L. Lucas. You can also check out my website, DemetriaLLucas.com. I'm more so on social media than I am on my site. I really just use it as a landing page for producers at this point, but that's neither here nor there. If you like what you heard, I don't even know if I should say this this week. This conversation about submission, y'all might leave me a bunch of comments that are like, fuck you, Demetria. If you'd like to leave me a review that's not Demetria, you're a horrible and terrible person. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Otherwise, we'll talk soon. Hopefully next week. I think I can push one out. We'll see. Okay. Bye. We end up. Let's